Welcome to the Ladies Who Launch. Join Alyssa and Dakota every other Wednesday as we launch conversations about the chaos that is life. Tune in every other Wednesday and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch with myself, Dakota, and Alyssa. Today is our ninth episode. We've been at this now for about four months, and so we thought it'd be interesting to actually introduce ourselves to the world um, and let you guys get to know us a little bit better. So we hope you're having a great day, and maybe let's kick things off with a little bit of a lady rant. (laughs) What is the lady rant this week? I think um, my lady rant is what I've noticed recently, and this is a social media lady rant, but every time I am in stories with Instagram in the last, I'd say six to eight weeks, someone is selling me something. It is overwhelming. Hmm. You know what? With, uh, with COVID and everything, um, I think that Facebook has opened up the Facebook and Instagram algorithm restrictions a little bit more for ads. It could also be that that company is spending a lot of money on their ads and they're not competing with anybody else right now. So that could... It's not even ads though. It's like just people on stories. So like everyone has, everyone has an online course and everyone's got like a free PDF. And it's like, so every time I see people that come on and do conversations on Instagram. They're selling me something. And as a, like, this is what we do. We, we live in the world of digital media. I am finding that really uncomfortable. And I, I don't know what, I don't know how we've landed in this space mm-hmm. because Instagram for personal or even for sort of solopreneur purposes mm-hmm. was all about people getting to know you and having conversations and bringing up ideas. But now it's like, it's, it's like 12 story cuts of you selling your online program. That's really brutal. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's brutal in that it's happening all the time and it seems to be really saturated. I think if you're going to be selling something, you really need to, to set yourself apart in some way and make it kind of meaningful. Um, you know, don't be like everybody else. Uh, don't roll with the status quo for sure. But at the same time, I do think that people kind of are really trying to take this opportunity to grow. Um, So I get it for sure. But I don't know. What's an example of something you've seen that's just been like god awful? So I took a online conference back in, I think, May. Because, of course, everything was on online conferences. And so I started following a few of the speakers that they had as part of this online conference. And they're all Eastern based. So they're all out of Ontario mostly. And uh, every time that their stories load, they're talking about their email lists and their upcoming online course and sign up now. And, oh, this is how you do this. So everything, even though they're in their bedroom or they're in their their living room or their house, everything is a sales pitch. And it's like, I'm sorry, unfollow. Mm -hmm. Because while I understand the purpose, obviously, that's is what I do. Mm -hmm. But 
if every time I'm seeing you online, that's what it's about, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. So there's always a balance. I mean, we all have things to promote or we all have things to talk about, Mm -hmm. but if 75% of your online content is selling something, that's not good. No, no, I agree completely. Not to mention that when things really do start to go back to normal and um, social media starts to regulate itself a little bit more, um, the people that are just being completely sales orientated are going to struggle very hard with getting their content seen just because, um, Facebook in particular, and they also own Instagram. So Instagram as well favors content that is relatable and engaging. If you're trying to be super sales orientated and pushy with your content, um, your stuff actually won't get seen as much as say a relatable picture of like you and your family, just as an example. Yeah, it's interesting. I think what I've noticed through this process and as I've become more engaged in my own social or my own business social channels mm-hmm. is I have been focused on the image or the visual first and then the, the written content comes as a result of the photo. And I, I don't know if that's correct or not, but I just find that resonates with me more as a consumer. And so I've been doing that more myself. And I find that my engagement has increased because people are looking at the visual or the, or mm-hmm. the spoken content more than, than they are about the caption. The caption. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would definitely be the right way to go about it for sure. You want to create all of your asset stuff first. Um, so your videos, your, your visuals, your link back, stuff like that, and your templates, things like that. And then you want to come up with your captions. And actually, I mean, obviously I'm biased because she's one of my best buds and, uh, my co-host here, but Alyssa writes really, really engaging content. Her stuff is freaking hilarious. So what I love about Alyssa is she can take any kind of a marketing issue or lesson or education piece or even something where she's trying to sell her business and she turns it into something hilarious that I know I can sit down and be like, oh, I feel you, man. I totally resonate with that. And then her her visual assets go completely along with those captions. So I think you're doing a great job for sure. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I'm not not a good... um, I'm like the... the the cobbler without shoes. I'm really great at telling other people how they should do their content and their content creation. I'm terrible at it myself. So I appreciate that that it's resonated. No, I think you're doing a good job. I remember for a time you were like, I don't want to do social. I don't see the value. I'm like, okay, but how do you not see the value when like I preach it to you all the time? And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You're not seeing the value. And in any event, um, she's really stepped up her game and, and it looks fantastic. But it's, you know, as a social media manager, uh, right now we're, we're going through a bit of a process with figuring out uh, how we want to brand the company just because we've grown and and what, what changes we want to make to our own content. So I have been pretty silent on social for, for the last little bit with the exception of the Ladies Who Launch channel. Um, and I would say Alyssa is doing a better job than I am right now. So <laughs> you go, girl. Anyway. Well, you know what? This is sort of a leap off into our discussion today as we yeah. reintroduce ourselves. So we started this podcast in a very weird time. Um, our first episode was basically when, when everything locked down. It was mid-March. Mm-hmm. And so what we intended to be our first episode, which was talking about who we are and what we do, became all about COVID. And dealing with COVID as a business and, and getting through that place. And then over the last eight episodes, we've had great guests and, 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 and super conversations. Mm-hmm. And so now we're like, okay, let's actually, let's actually introduce ourselves and what we do and why 
we created this podcast as a, as a conversation starter and a, and a, and a place for thought leaders to have discussions about the latest business trends and, and, and struggles of entrepreneurs and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, I've sort of had my lady rant. So I'll let you start with who you are and what yeah. you do and, 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 and how this even started. Like how, yeah. how do you know one another doing that? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll just really quickly run, give you a bit, a bit of a biography of who I am. So um, I own a company here in Calgary called Social Centric Inc., and I started Social Centric four years ago off the heels of working for one of Calgary's most well-known agencies. Um, prior to that, I had worked in nonprofit uh, at two really great nonprofit organizations, Canadian Blood Services and the YW Calgary. Um, I'd also worked in in tourism and hospitality for a couple of, for a, for one of um, the biggest hotel chains in the world for a little bit. Um, and I went to the university of Calgary where I ended up with three quarters of a totally useless degree. (laughs) And, uh, I, and then I went on to Grant McEwen university to take a diploma in public relations, which opened up a lot more doors for me. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of started off as more of a public relations, uh, practitioner. So a publicist, if you will. Um, and then got really into digital marketing in all of my different various roles, um, but it was really at my agency that I started to dip my toes a lot more into social media marketing and digital marketing and, and ended up running some pretty cool campaigns and, and writing some interesting strategies for clients. So I started Social Centric four years ago uh, with actually with a business partner who later down the line, I would actually love to have on here because she's also worked for some really interesting startups in the past. Um, and she's she's got quite the past with work and, and lessons she's learned. And in any event, we um, we were both pretty frustrated at our jobs, not because they were bad places or anything, but just because we were just frustrated with working for other people, the status quo, feeling like we were cogs in the wheel, nine to five. Um, and we kind of started to, to rant to each other every now and again about uh, wanting to start a business. So one evening after a lot of wine and a lot of French fries, we had sort of a half-assed business plan put together. And we kind of like reviewed it for the next couple months and edited it and started to show it to people. And people started to say, wow, you've actually got um, a pretty good business idea here. You, sh- you might want to run with it. It's going to be terrifying and you're going to have to make some changes to your lives. But maybe you want to um, you know, leave the industry for a bit, go do something else, maybe waitress, do something else, be a barista for a bit and start a business. So that's exactly what we did. We both kind of left our consecutive industries. We went and just got uh, diff- completely different jobs to pay the bills. And we worked and busted our butts for a year creating Social Centric. And within several months, we had our first six clients. Uh, we, we did not pay ourselves for probably the first, I want to say, 18 to 19 months, which I, which I would kind of consider to be pretty good in that we, we were able to pay ourselves within that time frame. Um, but yeah, and then Social Centric was born. Unfortunately, my previous business partner and I broke up because we stupidly signed a contract saying that we were going to split everything 50-50, work and money. And of course, that never works. Uh, a lesson for another day about what not to do when you start a business with a partner. Um, but yeah, so I've continued Social Centric on my own. And I've learned lots of things over the last four years, more things that I could count. Um and uh, Alyssa and I actually met at a Calgary-based, um, I think it was, 
what event was that? It was some, maybe it was something to do with Mike Morrison. Oh, was it the big, the big thing? The next big thing. We met at at a conference or some kind of an event. Um, Alyssa was there with one of our mutual friends. And I remember when I first met Alyssa, I was, I thought she was so intimidating. I was like, oh my God, this, this girl, she's got so much experience. Like, who am I starting a business? Because she had just started her business as well about a year earlier. And I remember her kind of looking at me and being like, oh, you have a business partner. How's that going? I probably totally did. <laughs> and, I, and at the time, it wasn't going well, and she and I weren't getting along. We were like, kind of taking a break to figure things out. And I was like, "Oh God, she sees right through my soul." I will tell you the I will tell you the impetus of that uh, comment. Actually, um, I had a bee in my bonnet at that time because it just seemed like every twenty five year old, like right at I know you're twenty nine. At the time, no, was starting their own business, and I, I was, I already had a bit of a, um, an issue, which is ridiculous, <laughs> but that was it. And I had just, um, I think I was reading a book at the time, and it talked about the pitfalls of being a partnership, and why if you're going to be, if you're going to go on your own do it on your own because no matter like, especially if you try to work with friends or try to create a partnership with a, with a friend, like even my best friend and I, when we, when our contracts ended um, with, with, with jobs that we had, and I, I can get into that. Um, we thought we would go into business together because we, we have complementary skills, but different skills. And we didn't end up doing that. We kind of did a few initial meetings with some, accountants and lawyers and things like that but we decide that it's not really beneficial because when you're relying on someone else and it's kind of like being a group project when you're in school and if that person isn't pulling their weight then you just get resentful and all that sort of stuff that you feel like you're doing everything mm-hmm. we both ended up being entrepreneurs on our own but we did not um, become a, a, a partnership so that's why I mean, probably made that snarky comment to you is like okay first of all She's like 25, which you weren't, but regardless. And <laughs> thank all, you for thinking that I look clearly, like I am, though. <laughs> you clearly were not happy with that no. situation. It was and terrifying. it's so funny, and this is a lesson to all of us, because as we said, this is the first time we ever met, and it was at yeah. a professional event. Yeah. And as someone who had never met Dakota before, I saw through her verbal language and body language that she was not happy with her partnership situation. Yeah. And so that would be a lesson to all of us that what we what we think we're not saying, we're saying, and that people can pick up on that. And that's probably where that's yeah. But yeah, it does not surprise me that I mean, <laughs> start coming to you. It was great though. I always find that in life, when I need it the most, whether it's a random person or a new person or an, or an old friend or someone that's been in my life forever, someone always says something to enact change. And I would like to thank Alyssa for the snarky comment because it got my wheels turning about, is this actually working? And honestly, it gave me the balls to do something about it. Cause I was like, well, if this total stranger is like so pessimistic about this situation, I might need to really look at whether or not this is working. If they're, if she's seeing right through my feelings on the subject, um, yeah. And then, you know, the very next month we figured it out and we're still really great friends. Like it was all good. 
it wasn't the end of the world by any stretch. And it turns out she just was like not interested in being an entrepreneur at that point. And, and she had kind of tried it and was like, nope. But of course, she's terrified to tell me because we'd put all of our, you know, eggs in one basket at that point. So anyways, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. And um, I'll just quickly kind of highlight on what I do. So Social Centric Inc. started off as a social media marketing company. Um, mostly we, we specialized in management. So what we would do is we would take over um, all of our clients' accounts, create all the content, um, do all the copywriting, do the photography. We would hire, we would outsource videographers if needed. And we would come up with tactical strategies for how to use social media in order to increase our clients' bottom line. Essentially is kind of the, the elevator pitch of the whole thing. Um, but it has since grown into more of a digital digital marketing ad, um, agency or consultancy than anything else. I shouldn't call myself an agency. Uh, it feels that way some days. But uh, we now have a really fantastic network of consultants that we work with from all over uh, Canada, actually. Um, and we've since um, grown and we're working with clients in Ontario. <clears throat> and um, so we're, we're mainly based here in Calgary, but we've got clients in Ontario as well. And we offer things like social media management, of course, uh, social media strategy, social media audits. And we also do a lot of public speaking and presentations uh, in and around Calgary. Um, as far as industries that we work in go, we kind of are all over the map. However, our two biggest specialty areas are real estate and lifestyle, um, as well as tourism. So those were probably where we have most of our clients. Um, and we have full suite capabilities for digital marketing with the exception of a couple different advertising platforms, which we are getting a little bit more familiar with, but we don't specialize in them just yet. Uh, we really thrive in the Instagram and Facebook space, as well as we have capabilities to do things with Snapchat, TikTok, um, Pinterest. We actually work in Pinterest a lot, LinkedIn. And then of course we do, we do stuff with Google um, and then we offer web services as well through third-party contractors. So yeah, that's kind of where we're going. And um, I'm going to let Alyssa speak a little bit to herself before I get into what I've kind of accomplished this year and where we're going moving forward. So, Well, as, as we said, um, Dakota and I met professionally um, at an event. And then I ended up hiring uh, Dakota to do work for me. And um, because I... Uh, I'm a marketing and public relations consultant, which basically means I, I'm the umbrella uh, to all of these sort of more tactical pieces of PR and social and uh, digital and all those sorts of um, different business tactics. And they are tactics, but we'll have that conversation another day. Um, and so I basically am I'm a project manager and a strategist for those tactical pieces. So I went out on my own uh, about five years ago. It was five years ago in April. And my background is all in government and tourism and recreation. And um, I've worked for post-secondary institutions and uh, uh, tourism boards. And uh, I got to do, I've done really cool stuff like planned Calgary Zero's Cultural Capital of Canada. And I've launched a 12, 32 foot cowboy hat in uh, Toronto Harbor and um, created all these really great uh, experiential tourism strategies for, for both tourism Calgary. And then as my, for my clients, when I went on my own. So my story is a little different in how I joined the entrepreneurship 
train. Um, I had actually thought about it for probably a close to a decade before I made the leap. And the reasons being are probably a lot of the same reasons everybody has is that you're scared and it's hard to leave well-paying, secure, like corporate jobs to go out on your own, especially when you're the sole breadwinner and there's not anything to fall back on. So I had always had that in my back pocket and I always did things on the side um, for friends or colleagues, things like that, whether it was helping them with plans or strategic um, initiatives, those sorts of things that I would uh, do on my own time. But I never had the, the full thought of going out on my own until I sort of had to flee a job, which is kind of how this all started is um, I, as I said, I was part of the organizing committee in, in, in 2012 for Calgary's Year's Cultural Capital of Canada. And that was an 18 month contract that was like balls to the wall. And it was, it was the best experience I've ever had in my career, even better than when I was the media person at Heritage Park, which was at like 25 years old, which is the best job ever. Um, but uh, it was 18 months of full on like events and planning. It was amazing, but it was exhausting. And I was hoping to take some time off after that gig, but um, Tours in Calgary wanted to scoot me up. Uh, so that's what I did is I went to Tours in Calgary, which another amazing, amazing place to work. The best people, I did the coolest stuff, like, as I said, launching cowboy hats in the Toronto Harbor and um, getting to go to New York and San Francisco and Charlottetown, all the cool places. But um Again, I was not home a lot, so it was always um, out of market. And because I was still so exhausted from that experience with 2012, and I didn't get any time off, I was kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, I just need, I needed a job where it's like a nice nine to five, show up, and I go back to my government life of the security and all that sort of stuff. So I took a job with a post secondary, and. Um, thinking that it would be nice to sort of just have that sort of regularity, but it didn't end up being that way. And as, as we all have things in our past, um, not all positions and not all places are the best fit. And that's what happened. And so it actually was the best thing to happen to me because it allowed me, it, it allowed me to take the leap and it, it gave me the, the impetus to do so. And the fact that it was sort of, um, as Dakota said, you got, I got really tired of working for people who were not communicators. And if anyone who works in the communications profession, you find that a lot of communications VPs or directors are like HR people or administrators who've sort of moved into communications and there's not a lot of um, communications bent strength uh, in a lot of organizations. And um, that's a whole other topic for another day as well. But, um, and, and that's just life. And so, I sort of came to the realization that I didn't want to do another job, like a lateral move, or I was sort of at the senior part of my career where unless I wanted to be a VP, like in a corporate track, it was, everything was kind of going to be lateral at that point. And I realized that, no, I want to have flexibility. I've earned it. I'm like 15 years into a career now. I've earned my time and um, I earned the, earned the, the responsibility and the respect to be able to make my own show. And that's what I really wanted to do was run my own show. So hence Alyssa Berry communications was born in 2015. And I sort of was able to launch um, my business 
by way of my big Rolodex. I have a very big network. I've worked a lot in the city. I know a lot of people. I've done a lot of cool stuff. So I was able to to sort of hit the road running really quickly and worked on some amazing stuff. Uh, I even got to work on Calgary's um, Olympic bid. So I've done some really amazing projects in the last five years. And I work mainly because obviously it's my background. I mainly work um, in tourism and culture um, sectors. I do some government relations work um, with nonprofits still, but um, that's sort of the main um, impetus of my business. And my role um, sort of is, is hiring people like Dakota for my clients. So I hire um, other small businesses in my my mandate of my business, I call it the unagency agency, because my mandate is not to have a whole bunch of staff because I don't want I don't want that life and I don't want to be the responsibility of, of managing people. I want to help other small business owners be successful. So by me hiring other small businesses like Dakotas, like graphic designers and photographers and printers and all the people that I have in my networks, I my success is their success and that's how I run my business. Uh, so you're never going to have account directors and or any sort of like agency fees and all those sorts of things. It's just good work and quality work and you will be working with the best people. And that's how I've set up my business. So that's kind of where I'm at five years later. And obviously it's morphed a lot and I do much more strategy work. I do much more brand development and project management than I did at the beginning. And that's basically because you're, the clients that you're working with have greater needs and trust you and respect you to do more and sort of take on more of a, 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 a an advisory role in their businesses than just sort of coming in to do uh, tactical pieces. So that's kind of where I am. And obviously COVID I think has affected us both differently. Um, my business obviously was working in tourism, which is decimated has been an interesting sort of road these last four months. But uh, I think that's, that's the joy and the struggle of being an entrepreneur is that you ride the highs, but you have to be prepared and be, be willing to sort of ride the lows mm-hmm. because that's the life. A hundred percent. I remember when I worked in agency, um, I remember thinking some of the business practices of the way that things had to be in relation to what Alyssa just finished explaining were so unfair. And I definitely threw myself a million pity parties when like there was, you know, not a lot of job security there. Having since opened my own shop, I now explain to contractors when I bring them on point blank, if we're not super busy, you're not going to be super busy. So I'd recommend maybe taking various different contracts. Obviously, you have to clear them with me to make sure they're not direct competition. But I fully support you in you know taking other things so that you can stay afloat and, and increase your revenue and bottom line. Um but it's just hilarious how when you're really young and green, you don't understand business quite as well as when you're really in the thick of the weeds um, because it, it is an ebb and flow for sure. Um, my business kind of went the other way with COVID. It got really busy, which I'm super thankful for. But we, at certain points, we were not set up from an infrastructure standpoint to take on that amount of work. And I'm not saying that like, 
it was bad by any stretch, but for sure there were times when I felt so completely overwhelmed. I'd look at my computer screen and just freeze because I just couldn't fathom tackling the amount of tasks I had for a, for a particular day. Um, and then of course, just trying to figure out a way to offload it onto my contractors. Um, that was tough too, because I, I was like, well, I need time to teach them and I've got to let go and give up control. And it, it's a whole thing. So, um, having that infrastructure and processes and, and like a plan in place for how you actually want to run your business is crucial before you go out um, on your own. And you also are going to really want to project for those busy times as well as those down times. Um, so whether it's having dollars stowed away to pay for things, if things are slow, or um, having sort of other side projects you can work on, um, or just having the infrastructure to handle really heavy flows of work. Um, all that stuff is very, very important before you go out on your own. You don't want to be doing it in the middle of being busy with clients. Right. And I think what, what's been interesting about this whole pandemic situation that we're all existing in is that it reaffirmed my belief of why adaptability and flexibility is so important in business. I saw so many business owners struggling because they have massive overhead of offices and staff and all those things, all those, all those bills that, that continue to happen, even if you don't have work coming in. And so it just reaffirmed my business mantra of, of being an unagency agency of not wanting or, or needing that level of overhead. And it allows me the flexibility and adaptability to scale up when I need to and scale down when I don't. And I don't have to worry about anyone's mortgage not being paid because of me or because of the business, because that's, that's a stress that I don't need in my world is people depending on me for their income. And I think the world is changing. And what is made clear through COVID is that the, the old way of doing business no longer exists. You're going to see a lot of companies not return to their office space and give them up because they realize that their staff are more than capable of working from home and why have that overhead cost. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of empty office spaces and retail spaces and not so much that the business is closed, but that they're adapting to the new world structure and that you realize that you don't need to be paying out thousands and thousands of dollars in lease payments every month for an office space when everybody's capable of working from home. So I think being the kind of entrepreneurs that we are and the kind of business owners and the way we structured our businesses actually was ahead of the curve a little bit. And that you're going to see a lot more businesses structured in this way moving forward, as opposed to um, the typical employee employer relationship, because the gig economy is real. And I mean, we talked to Karen Ball about that a few episodes ago, about this new economy that we're all entering and how solopreneurs and freelancers and one companies of one are going to be the the path forward because we are sort of already leading the way. Everyone else is just catching up. Absolutely, for sure. Um, as far as this year goes, Alyssa, we don't have much time left for this episode. Uh, what would you say you're kind of working on, or like you know what what challenge like? in addition to the challenges you've already kind of addressed, like how are you going to move forward with your, with your business? 
this year? Well, it's interesting. I think what's been great about this time is that I have been able to work on on my business and not be in my business this time because when you're not laden with client work, you're able to actually focus on Alyssa Berry Communications. And so I have had to make the realization that the sectors that I work in normally are not coming back at least anytime soon. Anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, like the tourism sector is going to be years. And so is the cultural sector. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about the difficulties of that. But so what I have found and sort of the time I've taken through this process and, and at the beginning of this, I was doing a lot of like crisis messaging and things for some of the nonprofit clients that I was, that I work with on a pro bono basis, just being able to do some project work. So I am focusing, I'm taking the next like sort of half, the rest of this year to sort of refocus and re, I hate the word pivot, but that's what we're going to do to other sectors. And I believe that the social sector is going to be um, at the forefront of the next six to 18 months um, because of the massive requirements uh, on them um, from food, like all the stuff that people require. And I think that governments are going to be pouring money into the social sector to help um, resource them for the next upcoming crisis, whatever that is. So, and looking at the sectors that are doing well, and focusing on how to integrate into those sectors, like you look at cannabis or transportation or uh, agriculture or those sorts of things that are that are doing well through this process. So that's what I'm looking at. It's kind of it's kind of invigorating in a way, and sort of revamping your whole business brand of where you want to go and not just sort of relying on what you've done before. So everything in my world is always an opportunity. And so that's what my next, next six months are going to be is focusing. It's kind of, I feel a little like a duck out of water because obviously my Rolodex that I talked about earlier is all tourism, tourism, culture, recreation, yeah. government. I mean, government's helping me right now because I'm, I'm working um, on getting some more government relations work right now as, as, mm-hmm. as, as nonprofits really have to to start figuring out how they're going to get funding and working with government and different yeah. levels of government, um, but that that piece of, of of sort of reinventing yourself, I think we're all there right now, mm-hmm. and it's how we it's how we come out of that. I think that's going to be the most successful. Absolutely. And that's kind of where I'm at too. You know, just because we're busy doesn't mean that there isn't opportunities for growth. And in fact, I would argue that there is a huge opportunity for growth for social centric in the sense that we now have to make a decision of do we like being this this busy? And um, do we like the the client like do we like the client work we're working on? And um how are we going to move forward to be able to handle this workload? And do we want to grow more? Um, and I think for me, the answer is yes. I just want to do it in a way that I'm not working around the clock. Uh, for me, it's going to be some reconnaissance into how to hire support, how I want to do that, um, how I want to scale the company, what other things that I wanted for the company, how are we going to do those things? There's a number of other revenue streams that I'm super interested in looking at. And so for my part, I've actually hired an amazing business coach. I've been working with her now for about two months. Her name is Susan Elford. And hilariously, she actually used to be my mentor when I was still in university. Um, she has since launched a consulting company. 
And yeah, Susan and I are really diving deep from like a psychological standpoint for the first little bit into like, what kind of a leader am I? And what, you know, what type of a, like, what are my tendencies? And I've, I've learned some really interesting things. Um, one of the things I'll leave you guys with is, uh, looking into what your tendencies are is, is actually a really interesting tool in business. And just as a, as a human being, um, one of the things I've learned this year is that I'm an obliger. So you are, (laughs) yeah, yes, you are. Now it's funny. Uh, I don't know who here believes in fluffy star sign stuff. Mm -hmm. I personally think that our star signs reflect a little bit about who we are. Yes. So I'm also a Sagittarius and Sagittarians are known for being horrifically self-centered and it's all about me. So I was pretty surprised to hear about this obliger thing. Um, But it turns out that, yeah, I generally put everybody and everything before myself, which in turn leads to extreme burnout and of course, just not being reliable. Um, That's really hard thing to admit is that sometimes you're you're not as reliable as you'd like to be, but it's because you're being an obliger. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm I'm working on very closely with my my uh, business coach with, and we're trying to kind of make me more something in between a rebel and an obliger, <laughs> I guess, just from a leadership standpoint. Um, I've learned a lot about boundaries this year, uh, that saying no is okay, that just because I have extra time doesn't mean I have to give it. I can take that time and do nothing if I want. And doing nothing is fine. It's it's not a bad thing to take an evening to sit on your porch and read a book or even just stare into nothing um, or to take an extra 15 minutes in the shower to just enjoy the, the shower, you know, like you don't have to rush through life and be anxious, which is kind of how I feel I've been for the last while. So yeah, it's been, it's, I've learned more than anything else over the last two years in particular that um, growth is an, an imminent thing and it's always happening all around us and you've got to embrace it. So business will teach you that. And growth is good, but responsible growth. Yes. And the growth the way you want it to be, Yeah, I think is what is important. And I think just through this whole process, I think the, what what we will come out of is different, better, different, but I, it has been a huge growth through this process in whether it's business growth or personal growth. But I think at the end of this, we're all going to be different mm-hmm. and how we, how we want our businesses to be, is going to be different and how we want to be in the business is going to be different. And I think for the last four years of my existence, I have I have been over committed and because of the type of business that I do, I had a ton of referrals always coming in. And so I was always taking extra things and extra this, and I didn't prioritize those properly. And what my part of my growth process is, is, is pitching to organizations and companies that have larger bandwidth. That means larger opportunity for payment and making money and larger opportunities for, for projects. I think mm-hmm. I, I played in the nice, the nice small business nonprofit sandbox for five years. And part of my growth for my business is to start pitching that next level and not, um, and not playing with pennies anymore, but playing with quarters. Nice. 
I like that. <laughs> the Alyssa sayings, we've got to get them on some t-shirts. Oh yeah. We need to watch <laughs> merchandise. We should totally do that. We totally should. Awesome. What do you guys think? Send us some feedback on Instagram. Yes. Tell yeah. us if you buy our t-shirts of my crazy, yeah. my crazy sayings or our crazy sayings. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk more about that. Anyway, guys, we hope you have a great rest of your week. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Ladies Who Launch. Thanks for listening to Ladies Who Launch with Dakota and Alyssa. We drop new episodes every other Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating.